evening, friends. Now, before you sit down, let's just have a little word to the Lord Jesus. Our kind Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to Thee for all things. For by Christ all things is made. And we thank Thee because that You made a way for us and to be together, to have fellowship together. And I love to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We thank Thee for this church tonight, for its pastor, for all of its deacons and workers, trustees, for every visitor in our gates tonight. And we pray, Lord, that the great Holy Spirit of God will come into our midst tonight and do the exceeding abundantly tonight. Granted, Father, forgive us of our sins now as we approach this time of teaching the Word and for the glory of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We're happy to be back here again tonight at the Philadelphia Church. We were, I got it all mixed up. Uh, I thought it was going to be, I'm announced last night the Lane Tech tonight. <laughs> Good thing somebody got a hold of it. And the boy come in, Brother Woods, and they got some prayer cards. Let's go rush over to the Lane Tech to give out prayer cards. Come back and say, there's nobody over there. <laughs> I thought, I'm not back in Mexico, am I? <laughs> thought we got back down to Mexico again to, when we went to the bull ring that night and no one there. <laughs> so, but we're happy to be here in this uh, church tonight for the glory of God. Trusting that God will bless you all exceedingly, abundantly, and give you that which you have come to receive. <clears throat> and we're, this brother Joseph, have a night when he comes to, he makes an introduction. I wished I could only live to that reputation he tries to make me. <clears throat> That's just because he likes me, you know. <laughs> Not that, I'm not worthy of that kind of introduction, and I'm. I just the servant of the Lord, but he sure he maybe puts me on a spot so I have to live pretty good, you know. <laughs> Everyone I trust is feeling as good as possible tonight at the time, as good as common, so that the Lord will bless us together. Many of you here, of course, are perhaps needy and sick and wanting God's blessing. Now, aren't we happy tonight that we have a God who can give us of his blessings, who can give us the good things that we desire? What if we didn't have any heavenly Father? You know, uh, I was telling the boys a while ago coming over, I said about how we must be happy all the time. God don't want you to be sad. You know what ill temper does? And that old temper, that's one of the office old things. And it, it's about 60% of the cause of all sickness is temper. Yes, sir, them tantrums you fly loose. Remember, you just developing a cancer, ulcer, or something like that when you do it. When you get all stewed up about somebody, I won't go back there anymore. Wait till I give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Remember, you're the one that's going to pay for it. Right. Just keep happy. <laughs> the little story says a little robin one morning sitting up on a limb, whistling over to his little mate. The little mate flew down by him and said, You know, I'm so 
I'm so worried this morning about one thing. I said, what? So we robins never weary. But I just wonder if those poor creatures of human beings, that frown on their faces, they walk. I wonder that maybe they haven't got a heavenly father that watches over them like we have. That's right. <laughs> That's about it. You never heard of one of them having high blood pressure, did you? No. No, you don't hear no ambulance ringing for them or so forth. You see, they, they live in God's true provided way. It's always us that makes things wrong. We're the one who knows science, you know. We're the smart folks. And um, so they, we, the birds don't change. You know the birds still build their nests just like they did in the Garden of Eden? They never change. We're the ones who change. The Jewish brother, if there's a Jew here, I don't mean this. I'm a Jew too. So, you know, he said, um, well, he said, the trouble is the people. He said, the bird fly down in the road to get above. The car runs over him. But it's, it's the people. <laughs> so that's right, too. The, the bird had a ride to the bug, but, but the people invented an automobile to run over him. You see, he said, well, it's the people. And that's wrong. We're the one who upsets the world. God made it wonderful and beautiful for us, but we upset it by our ways. We're so scientific, you know. Everything must be just this way or way we think it. I was out to Mount Palmer, Mount Wilson, rather, California, a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and I sat in the observatory there, and all I ever learned about the solar system to be scientifically proven when I was a boy about 30 years ago has all been changed now and scientifically proven that they was wrong, man. Did you ever think of that? I used to, they used to tell me that absolutely the the sun stood perfectly still, and the world, uh, the uh, the uh, world uh, turned around. See, but now they say that's wrong. The sun does the running. See, the sun runs too. Both of them run now. So <laughs> I can't get it. <laughs> so you know, Joshua might have been right when he said, "As the sun stands still." See. You always find out you come back to the Bible. That's the real book. Mr. Moore, I mean science book. Mr. Moore, I mean the Bible is the right science book. See, Mr. Moore's boy had graduated in science and made some kind of a a honor or something. And there's some great scientist coming. I was having a meeting in Shreveport at the time. And he uh, gave him this honor and when he embraced him, he said, Now, son, said in, in the Hall of Science, there's so many books on modern science. He said, If you'd read them all, it'd probably take you, I forget how many years, uh, so many years, three or four years, to read all through the latest volumes of the science. He said, When you got through all of it, all you learned, you'd have to get out of your mind because it'd be changed by that time. See? The modern science. They're all changed over. See? I never said nothing. I waited that night because he's going to attend service. I made a. I said, you know, I I heard that statement made today. But I said, I want to tell you something, boys. <laughs> I said, I can show you a book that'll never change. You know what it says there? It'll be just the same forever. That's right. So let's let's stick with this. <laughs> this is right. God said the way He did things. It's just right. Here, some time ago, I see where science proved that. 
But it was wrong when Abraham said he had camels down in Gerir and down in there, you know, and so forth. No, never was a camel down in there. Well, you know, they got to digging around with an old spade down there one day and really found out there was some camels been down in there, you see. So they said the walls of Jericho fell down on top of one another. They dug all around there. No, that's wrong. <clears throat> a fellow just dug a few more shovelfuls out a few years ago and found out there was the walls fell down on top of one another. That's exactly the way the Bible said. You always have to come back to this. This is truth. I believe the word with all my heart. And there's where my faith is based. Many times while we're here in the church and can talk as a family, I would just like to say this, <clears throat> give you a little insight, pardon me, that my the reason that these things happen, the reason that the Lord has been kind to me, of course, it's sovereign grace and election. But one thing, I believe that Bible to be the truth. I, I don't know what other things say and what theories are of people and what different denominations make out of it. I just believe the Bible just the way it's written, just this way. I accept it upon those bases because I've always found it to be exactly the truth, just exactly the truth. And it can't be nothing else. So now, being that I have boasted so much about this wonderful book, we want to read out of it in a few moments and see if we can find something in there that the Lord wants us to talk on a little while tonight. Now, let me make this authentic in a video. <laughs> Brother Joseph Matson Bose. If it hadn't been in this audience, I'd call him Joseph. But then it's, it's here. I, I, uh, the service is here tomorrow night. Through Friday. Through Friday. We'll be here in the tabernacle, or church, excuse me. Uh, we'll be here in the church through Friday. Brother Woods, Billy, prayer cards to be given out here tomorrow night. <laughs> you boys get that. Tomorrow night at, um, say, 6.30. That'll give you a time. That'd be early enough for you, Brother Woods? Now, why don't you do that, Joseph, when you give them out in, in the afternoon, it's nice. But some people go away, and then at nighttime I'll say, call from 15 to 35. These eight of them ain't there. They went home, didn't come back. And then you're all mixed up again, you see. So it's better for you to be right there, pick up your card, and come right straight to the platform, you see. So, um, uh, and uh, 6.30 will be time enough for the people to come and receive their prayer cards for the line tomorrow night, the Lord willing. And do you love him? Amen. Wonderful. That's just fine. Now, over in the book of, of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and we wish to read just for a little verse to get a context out of it, uh, uh, the 40th chapter and the third verse, the voice of him crying in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert uh, for, for our Lord, for our God. Now, may he add his blessing to the reading of his word. Prepare the way of the Lord. Of course, this deals with John the Baptist, <clears throat> but we want to use it in another term tonight, the ways of the Lord. The Lord has always uh, had a way to do things, and 
So when we think of his ways, we have to go back to the Bible to find out what he said about it. And so in the Bible, there's two great facts that we want to deal with tonight out of the Old Testament that all the Hebrew prophets from Genesis down to Malachi spoke of. And then from there uh, was the first coming of the confirmation of his word. Now, them two facts is this. The two facts is, was all the Hebrew prophets spoke of the coming Messiah and also uh, to make an atonement for sin. And then they spoke of the anointing and going out of the church to all the world. Now, the Hebrew prophets, the two major themes, and practically from somewhere along in every chapter of the Bible, from Genesis to Malachi, you can find one of those subjects being dealt with all the way through the Bible. The coming of the Messiah and the anointing and sending forth of the church into all the world. Spoke of in symbols and by animals and so forth, and like uh, great armies and so forth that marches on and runs over the walls and so forth of different like locusts and everything was in symbols and parables and the straight teachings and everything come down to those two subjects. Now, before God could, could do this, he had to make a way for the coming of the Messiah and he had to make a way for the going forth of the church. He had to make a way when God speaks. Now, God's word, and here's what tonight, I just picked up the little thought in my mind coming over because I was thought if the boys got down and give out the cards, we have to have some kind of rules and regulations to keep people lined up that we're praying for. And when I was coming over, I was thinking of this and the infallibility of God's spoken word. It's just perfect. And if we could only, if this audience tonight could only get settled in their mind of who said this, what this really is, this spoken word, we'd not need any healing service, not need any salvation altar call. It would be finished. Yeah, if you just realize what that word was. <clears throat> now, let's look at it. Before it can be a, a word spoken, it has to be a thought, because a, a word is a thought made manifest when God speaks. Now, back in the beginning, when God looked down through the quarters of heaven and saw all the things that were going to happen on the earth, did you ever set and just draw a picture out in your mind? Now, that's the way God did it, perhaps in the beginning. And then it seemed good to him, so he spoke it, and as soon as it was spoken, it became a word. The thought was expressed in a word. Now, listen. Once God expresses his thought and makes it a word, he can never take it back. Oh, my. You see it? He can't back up on it. 
He can't say, well, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. He can't. He's infallible. He's omnipotent. Omnipotent, omnipresent. See, you and I, as we grow along, we become educated and smarter and everything. We advance. The human race advance. Everything advances but God. He was perfect to begin with. He'll be perfect when it's all over. He's still perfect. He can't say, well, I've got a better way of doing it because I've learned more. He was perfect to start with. So there, that for, therefore, teaching divine healing, how could someone say that God wasn't a healer? When in the beginning, back under the Old Testament, in the old days, which were shadows, God could have made it perfect then. But he, had, he spoke his word, it would be this way, and it has to be that way. He, he, that's the best way out. That's the best way to bring people to it. For he knows what is. And then, in the wilderness with the children of Israel on their march, coming from the Egypt to the Promised Land, and they had God promising to supply all their needs, what they had need of. And then when the time come that they were sick and dying, and all the remedies of Egypt, all the medicine, the wisdom of the Egyptians, none of their roots and herbs couldn't heal this sickness, then the way when Moses cried to God in a crisis, then the action that God taken to Moses, he's got to take the same action every time that same crisis arises. Or if he didn't, he'd done wrong when he did it back there. Then God's guilty. See, so he has to act the same way. When the same Christ calls, if he acted that way, it was perfect. And he cannot act any other way but perfect each time. It has to be perfect. Amen. You see? His actions, his words, his thoughts, everything comes from one pure, unadulterated stream of perfection. Now, when you put your faith back like that, healing becomes simple. God already spoke it. If he said, I'm the Lord that healeth all of thy diseases, that settles it for eternity. Has to be. When he speaks it, he can't take it back. He can't say, well, I made a mistake because he's perfect. There can't be a mistake from eternity to eternity. He's pure and forever. Oh, my. When he said, I will, that settles it. Ask and you shall receive. That settles it. Ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. That settles it. That's forever. The word is expressed. You said that with Jesus. God said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. <laughs> he had the word. As I said last night, the prophet said, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. But Jesus said, I say unto you, not thus saith the Lord. He was the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Word. Now notice how perfect it was. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus was already slain. The Bible said He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. How was He slain? 
the very minute God spoke the word, it was settled forever. The seed was planted and it had to come to pass. See, because he can't speak nothing but the unadulterated truth. See, that's all. And if he said he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that's the very moment that God perceived the thought and the thought was created by God himself. And every time God makes a thought, it's a creation. And when he speaks it, it becomes a reality. So every word of this Bible is God's spoken creative thought. And every time it's taken into the right ground, it'll be made manifest. Amen. And all the spooks drop away. Every shadow moves. And we stand anchored. Nothing can shake you then. See? All the superstitions and ups and downs has passed away then. We're right on the Word. God can't do nothing but honor that Word. He has to keep it. It's Him. The Word is God. The Bible said it was. And it's God's eternal, everlasting Word. And to know how perfect He is and how can He act this way in this crisis and turn around and deny that and act another way in the same crisis. When a person's crying for mercy and He acts this way and heals them, and their faith looks to him, and they believe him with a pure, unadulterated faith, believing in him. And he asks that requirement, if you can believe, you can be healed. And then he turns back over here, and this man said, Lord, you know my heart. I believe you and won't do it. He couldn't be God and do that. Right. Right. He has to act the same way he did here. Or he did wrong here. And then if he done wrong, he's not God. So there you are. He is infallible. Then he's just like we, we would be. Have to say, well, I acted that way, but I made a mistake there. See, but I won't make the mistake over here. <laughs> See, God can't do that and be God. He has to be God forever. See, He has to be the same forever. He has to act the same way every time. And He does do it. And I've seen it proven over and over and over again that I know He does. Now, the Bible said in the last days that there would be false prophets arise, false uh, signs arise, and he said uh, the beast would come and would deceive all that dwell upon the earth, whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life from where the foundation of the world. Amen. How's he going to deceive? He cannot deceive those whose names have been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. The same God that spoke and Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world, the same one called you at that time and wrote your name in the book. Amen. 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 Now that, that sounds... Like it might not be so, but it's the Bible, so it has to be so, see? Those who he has called, he has already justified. Those who he has justified, he has already glorified. That's right. See? 
That's where we get grace and works mixed up. Here's the whole thing in the Arminian and Calvinistic belief. Grace is what God does for you. Works is what you do for God. See? It's grace that brings you to God. It's the works that, that you do for God. See? Now, as Abraham was justified by faith because he believed in God, Paul justified him by faith. James turns over and justifies him by works. But Paul was speaking what God saw, and James is speaking what man saw. If you say you are a believer and then act contrary to what you say, then you're not a believer. That's right. See? If you tell God, yes, I now solemnly believe. Brother, you can't do that, but act the same way you believe. That's right. That's right. You say, Lord, my hand's crippled, but something in my heart tells me that you're the Lord that's healed me. Oh, I believe it, God, with all my heart. You can't do nothing but watch that hand move a few inches every day. <laughs> That's it. You can't do nothing else. See? And God's obligated to that word to watch over. From the beginning. God will take, for instance, the patriarch Jacob. He was a wandering boy. He'd run away, boy. He'd run away from home because he was afraid that that Esau was going to kill him because of something that he had done. And he ran away from home. Yet that boy was anchored in God by a divine promise that was made to Abraham. That's right. And just the same promise that laid anchored and Jacob lays anchored in every born-again believer tonight. God calls sovereignly Without anything you've done about it, there's nothing you've done. Man say, oh, I sought God. No man has sought God at any time. But it's God seeking man. Not man seeking God. God seeking man. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. You get it? It has to be God drawing man. Man in his nature. As a, a castaway, he's an alien, he's away from God. Then God, by grace, has to draw him to his own side. And all that the Father has given me will come to me. No way at all. There ain't enough picture shows, enough dance halls, enough burlesque shows in the country to keep you away from God. When God goes to drawing, back at her before the foundation of the world, when he put your name down that you'd come, you're coming. That's all. That's all. Oh, you might be a hypocrite and work up and say you this, that, that, but I mean when God calls. That's right. When God goes to calling, you don't have self say, well, I'm a Christian. These things don't bother me. That shows that you're not. How would I ever... If I made a pledge to my wife, wifey, I love you with all my heart. I'll be true to you all the days of my life. Then how could I go out consciously, if I meant that, and do disgrace to her, though I might be able to do it and get by? Though I could go and and, um, be untrue to her, and then yet I'd get by with it. Well, I wouldn't love her. I couldn't do it. 
I wouldn't hurt her for nothing. She's my wife. I love her. No matter what the opportunity was, I wouldn't do it because I love her. See? Now, that's the way it is with God. When you come to God and you really love Him with all your heart, say, well, I'm a Christian. Lord of God, I'm anchored in Christ. And it won't hurt me to do this. God forgives me anyhow. That shows you're not in love with God. It shows that something's wrong. I wouldn't want to do anything to hurt Him for nothing. I don't want to cause Him any grief. I want to have Him to smile because He's my Father. When I go down to Mexico, the other day I brought the wife a little old present. wasn't over about 15 cents in American money. My, I seen those eyes sparkle and a big smile come across her face and she put her arms around me. My, that's worth more than 15 cents. See? Wow, I love her. I want her, to, I want her to feel that way about me. And that's the way I feel about her. That's the same thing it is, but only a million times greater before God. I want to do something that I can walk up in his face and no, no, I don't have to tell him. He knows it, whether I'm true to him or not, whether I love anything better than, he, uh, better than, than him or not. I want him to know it and uh, to act it. And then when I can go have a great revival somewhere that he lets me have and bring in lots of souls or somebody be healed and sick and afflicted and somebody goes around town and says, oh, I was once crippled and look at me, I'm well now. Oh, I just like to feel he put his arms around me and say, that was wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's good. It, you long to do this when you're a Christian. You want to do it. You desire to do it. And the thing to do then is pray to God to give you wisdom to do it. You know what he will do for you. Now, Jacob, as a wanderer, yet in the promise he run for his life. Well, he wouldn't have got killed anyhow. God was with him. And then one day after tired running through the wilderness and looking back to see if Esau was coming, you know, and scared and nervous and wonder if he could hear the gallop of a horse hoof somewhere. Esau and Jacob probably with his little spear to keep the animals off of him running as hard as he could. And his little old ragged coat tearing through the wilderness. He climbed up on a great big high hill so he could look way off and see if he'd seen Jacob coming anywhere. In the evening, the sun was going down. The poor little fellow was tired, so he just rolled some rocks together and laid down for a rest. Notice, he fell into a trance. God was talking to his servant because in his servant, not because he was righteous, but because God had made a promise. Amen. Look the way Jacob got it. But God had made a promise and had to keep it. In the loins of Jacob lay the blessed righteous seed coming forth from there according to the seed Isaac his father which had been promised through Abraham. In Jacob's loins was the seed laying there which would come out many centuries or generations on. But there was a promise. God took Jacob and showed him some of the future, knowing that he was an heir of the promise. Not because he deserved it, because God had promised it. Not because that you got a right. Not because of something you've done, but God gave you that same kind of a promise. Amen. For when we are dead in Christ, we take on Abraham's seed. 
and are heirs with Abraham in the promise. Now, the only way you can be an heir is to be dead to yourself, take on the seed of Abraham, which was Christ, and Christ can only come by the Holy Ghost. That's right. And then you're an heir of the same promise, a pilgrim. Listen at it. A pilgrim and a stranger seeking a city to come whose builder and maker soul journey wandering about. Amen. There you are. Pilgrim, but a faith that looks steadfast through the dark skies and the cloudy weather and sees beyond that God. God in his great domain, the dominion above. Little old Stevens was dying. Jesus had been glorified and sitting up there at the right hand of the majesty. And they began to beat him with stones and his uh, head was being mashed in with stones. Stevens looked steadfast towards heaven. Jesus, after he had finished his work, had sat down at the right hand of God. But Stevens, he saw heavens open. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I guess the Savior must have stood up from his throne and gave the martyr a welcome in. Yes. He saw the everlasting dominion of God above. God's promise is true. Look at him. Now we take Jacob. He lays down. God shuts him off. Gives him into a coma of a vision. And he looked up and he saw a ladder fastened up in heaven to God's throne and reached all the way to the earth. And angels ascending and descending on the ladder up and down. Now, all through the years we find out that this was a beautiful promise here that God had promised a way of escape, a ladder to climb on, a sure foundation. God had promised it, but it was hooked in glory to the throne of God. But where could he find a place on earth to hook it to? He tried to hook it one time upon the Jewish nation. He found out that he couldn't do it. He knew what he was going to do all the time because he promised the seed and the seed was in Jacob then. But he couldn't hook it on Jacob, the supplanter. Neither could he hook it on Abraham, little fellow sitting out there, backslidden, little shyster line, treating his wife the way he was. He couldn't hook it on that. He couldn't hook it on many of these other things. He couldn't hook it on the temple. Jesus said there'll be a time when there won't be one stone left on another. He tried it on the patriarch David, and he took uh, Bathsheba for a wife. Uriah had him killed. See, everything that he tried to hook it to, it wouldn't anchor. Oh, hallelujah. But the prophet said there'll be a stone laid in Zion. A precious stone. A tried stone. That'll be the anchor. Yes. A wonderful stone. And then God, being God in heaven, with the ladder hooked into his own throne, he hooked it also in none other but the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. God don't want this ladder slipping around. 
He tried to hook it to a covenant with, with Adam. He broke it. He hooked it to a covenant with something. Broke it. But God made the covenant unconditionally. And he hooked it into Christ Jesus. There it's anchored. There's no slipping inside. There's no way of getting away. What is it? It's hooked by God above and by the Son of God beneath. And what is it? It's a pathway. It's a traveler's way from earth to glory. And you can't fail. Look, there's great companies of angels up and down here, ascending and descending, picking up the weary and the sick, healing their bodies and showing visions and mighty signs and wonders. Can't fail. It can't slip. It can't slide. You're saved. God said so. That settles it forever. It's hooked around the heart of God of heaven, hooked around the Son of God down here, and we're brought into it. Through the Son of God, we ascend to Him. Amen. Oh, my. And what's He scared about? Our promises hooked between God and Christ, and we're in between them. With angels, He said He'll give His angels charge over thee. And the angels of God are encamped about those who fear Him. And all up and down when we're making this foundation, climbing each day higher and higher, each day brings me one round higher, higher as I move up, up, up. Anything happens if I fall along the road or something happens to me, there's a great host of angels came there to pick me up. Come on! We're marching on up towards Zion! On to that beautiful city above. Can't fail. There's no failing in it. It don't rest upon what I do. It's rest upon what he did. Amen. It's already finished. The believer once anchored in Christ Jesus coming through the door back there put on his highway. You can't anyway but straight up to God with it. Angels to take care of you. God made a way of this. When he's seen in the beginning and our first parents, Paul, He's seen the covenant he made with Adam. He would try to hook the ladder into him and it failed. Then there's nothing else he could hook it to but to bring down his own son and hook it to him. So it can't fail now. So what are we worrying about? That's right. What are we stewing about? What are we going on grabbing long things? Let's look up and grin. Look up and not only grin, but laugh. Not only laugh, but raise up holy hands everywhere, giving praise and glory to God for His promises is a and amen. Not yes and no, not yes and no, but yes. There's no no in it. Yes. Our foundation stands sure. Foundation of God. God laid in Zion, the cornerstone. There we are. Can't slip, can't slide, can't move. Then we come into the door through Christ, put on your... Oh, we may have our ups and downs along. That's true enough. Sicknesses and troubles, but remember, there's a great company of angels all along the road. Bear the up anytime. <laughs> Taking you on up when you fall. Oh, yes. He's there. He promised it. And he had to make a way of it. So the only way he could make was the cornerstone. The precious stone, the tried stone, the elect. 
And the name of the Lord is a mighty tower. The righteous running at it and are safe. That's right. Safe. Nothing can bother you anymore. You're in the rock. It's not whether you hold now, it's where the rock holds. And the rock's done hell. So then you're, you are safe. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can come to you unless God permits it. And if along the road something is done, testing and trying, you're your trial, child training as you go along. Remember, it's angels to bear you up, angels to comfort you, angels to give you faith, angels to move you on. God's got a host of angels all up and down the ladder. Now, he had to make a way for this. And he made it through Christ. Now, when Christ, every time that God made a promise, he had to make a way for this promise. Now, notice closely. When he told Noah that he was going to destroy the world, but was going to save him. Now, before God could save Noah, he had to make a way of salvation for him. So God had him to build a boat. And to pitch it inside and out, how he took that, that uh, gopher wood, real thin light wood, it's lighter than balsam. Oh, and when it's fixed, it's just so light that it's, you can just pick it up, a great log of it, and there's nothing hardly to it. Because it's just, a, it's just light. But then what you do out of that, they go out and get some pitch out of another log. And they beat it real hard. Now, if you just took that gopher wood and set it in the water... It would water soak and die just in a few minutes or, or immerse, submerge beneath if it would uh, just that way. But you see, God takes the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel. He takes the weak and humble people to show his power. He takes the uneducated to confound those who got this big education. He takes the simple things to confound the wise. So he takes this old gopher wood here that was just so light and like balsam. And if you'd set that thing in the water, they'd say, my, my, that thing will sink right now. Well, now that's the way they say, now what could that bunch do or this, that? You've heard that remarks. But before it got ready to float, God said, it's not all finished yet. Now you go get some pitch and pour in it. And when that hot pitch poured into this real soft balsam, it tasted over and it's as hard as steel. A log could bump against it and just bump it away. And that's the way it is. When a little old, weakly, uneducated, illiterate person comes to Jesus Christ, that's about what he is, a light piece of balsam wood. But God pours the Holy Ghost in there and seals that man down and all the devils out of hell couldn't bump him away. That's right. God did it. He makes a way. Now, he had to make a way if he promised Noah that there was going to be a way he made a way of escape for Noah. He had to make an ark if he wanted to preserve the seed. God making a way. When Daniel, the prophet, when Daniel was in trouble, he stood true to God. He said, God, I believe your word. Yeah. And he said, God, he looked towards that holy temple and prayed three times a day. Every morning he raised back the curtains and prayed towards the temple. And then Daniel got into a place God wasn't finished with him yet, and he threw him into a lion's den. Now, God had to make a way for him. God will make a way. He has to make a way. So he made a way of escape for Daniel. He sent an angel to him right at once. He is on the ladder anyhow. So he just made a way of escape for him. And he sent a big light down there, a fire, and it, like the pillar of fire, and the animal scared of fire, so he run back. 
the lions wouldn't bother him because around Daniel was this big pillar of fire milling light around him all the time. So then the, the lions couldn't get to him. He made a way of escape for Daniel. Enoch, Enoch, before the world, the Andalusian destruction, if he wanted to show a type, how could he do if he didn't want Enoch to die? He had to make a translation for him. So God just made a rapture for, for him. God had to do it in order to make a type out of Enoch. That's right. When Elijah come to die, he'd already showed his type in that. So he had to show a way. So when Elijah crossed over and was going to be taken up, God had to make a way of escape for him. So he just set him down a chair of fire and a horse of fire. Tuck him on up in the glory. God made a way. Said to Elijah, said, today your head will be taken away the school of the prophets. He says, I know it, but hold your peace. <laughs> he knew it. How's he going to do it? And he just come right down, picked him up. He made a way. God will always make a way. They looked forward for it for years, for the coming of the Messiah, the blessed seed that should come from Abraham. They watched it clearly and straightly. And when he was born down there, the people had got so rich on the word and so making the uh, commandments of God are not affected come to tradition of man. The same thing they've done today. They don't take the word of God. The word of God teaches divine healing. The word of God teaches the supernatural. The word of God gives a promise to the people that will believe. But today, the scholars try to explain it away. But that don't take it away. That's right. Amen. God made the promise. Amen. Just come out and face the facts. You haven't got faith enough to believe it. That's all. Amen. But God made the promise. Amen. God said so. Yes. So when he made the promise that Jesus would come, they failed to understand it. Yet the Bible plainly said that he would be born lowly and how he would come riding on a, a fold of an ass and so forth. The, the, the scriptures was fulfilled when he made the promise. Because God made a way. He had a virgin to bring the child. He had all those things already because he had spoken it. And when he speaks it, he's got to keep his word. Amen. 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 Yes. Oh, my. Glory. <laughs> if you could only see that, it, it would be, it'd be simple to you. If you just see that when God makes a promise, he's got to stand by that promise. Right. He can't leave that promise. See? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, they said, Our God is able to deliver us. But nevertheless, we'll not do anything contrary to his word. We'll walk right straight into it. And God made a way of escape. He just come down himself and fan the breeze off of him, see? Talked to him a little while and went away. I am the way, said Jesus. He's got to make a way every time. Because he promises. Yeah. I'll never leave thee, neither will I ever forsake thee. He's got to keep his promise. So that's the way he does it. So when he made a promise that if the Christ would come, they believed him. And when the Christ come, he ought to be the greatest answer to this latter than I know of. He talked to one one time, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And when Philip came to him and uh, Got saved, he went out and got Nathaniel. And measuring that off, that's from where Jesus was preaching that day. You had to go around the mountain, way over several miles, where he found Nathaniel under a tree praying. Here stood the Son of God, 
People didn't, many didn't believe it. The poor people believed it. The poor people received him. They believed it. They believed in the supernatural. But the Orthodox, the starchy, all oh, its telepathy. <laughs> See, they didn't believe it. Yet they professed they believed the Word, but believing it in the way of their tradition and believing it the way God wrote it was two different things. Jesus was coming the way God promised it. And here he was standing here, a man of low estate, born a human being, standing there with one robe in his lifetime, poor, not a place to lay his head. How could this be the aristocratic God, you see? It couldn't be. But he was a God to the poor. He was a God to those who would believe him. And there he stood there. And Nathaniel, he was so excited, or Philip, rather, he went around about four or five miles around him behind the mountain, and he, he found Nathaniel under a tree of praying. So he just waited till he got through praying. Then when he got up, he said, come see who we found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He said, now could any good thing come out of that? Yeah. <laughs> I think he gave me the best answer I know of telling anybody. He said, come and see. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. Yeah. He said, is there anything to that old time heartfelt religion? Come and see. That's the best thing. Get some of it one time. Then you be the judge. When I was a little boy, we used to go in swimming. And I always had about the least clothes, least clothes of any of them. So I just had a, in the summertime, we wore a pair of overhauls and I had a fodder twine. How many knows what that is? A fodder twine around over my head like this and a nail here for a button. So we'd all run down through the field, boy, just banner maker who'd get in first. And nearly all of them, they'd have to take off shoes. I didn't have any shoes. They'd have to take off shirt. I didn't have any shirt. So the only thing I had to do is just pull this one nail. <laughs> I was ready to go in. <laughs> I think that's about the way we are to come to Christ. Amen. That's right. Well, not too many traditions to lay down. Just pull one nail and jump in. That's all. <laughs> Amen. So I pulled the nail and the clothes just stood in the air and I was in the water before maybe the clothes hit the ground running as hard as we could go. And never I hardly able to get a haircut. I come up with the hair hanging over my eyes. They won't know where the water was good or not. They're sitting down taking off their shoes and stockings and things. If I held up one finger, it was cold. Two fingers is right. <laughs> well, brother, I got into another water one time. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's the waters of salvation. Yeah. I hold up two fingers. It's good. Come in and try it. One. That's right. Come on in. Don't be scared. Jump right in. Just lay down all your traditions, strip and come right in. Nothing in my arms I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Come find out if it's any good or not. Jump in. Now, they only had my word for it this way, but once hitting the water, they know for themselves. Now, you've only got my word for it this way, but hit the sawdust trail one time to an altar and find an old-fashioned, godly experience in Christ Jesus, and you'll know for yourself that there's nothing about old-time religion. Right? So as, as he's making a way, Stephen's went around, he want to make a way now. Stephen's, well, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Philip was God's way of bringing Nathaniel to Jesus. So when he come back around the mountain, bring him around, he said, Oh, he's wonderful. He knows the thoughts that's in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you'll just go there and believe and stand there, I'll tell you, you'll see things you've never seen since the prophets. Years and years, about several hundred years since the last prophet died. There's no open visions in Israel. said, Now, since Malachi had died, no prophets. said, You come and see this man. I'm telling you, he's wonderful. As they talk long, 
And Nathaniel said, well, I, you know, I, I believe that, that the Messiah is coming. And now when the Messiah cometh, he'll, he'll know these things. He, he can do that. Well, this is the Messiah. How could he be Messiah? See? How could he be? Well, come and see. That's the best way. Come find out. You know, the woman at Samaria, when Jesus said, talk to her a little while, and he said, go get your husband. She said, I have none. So no, you got five. She said, now, I know that when Messiah cometh, we know that when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. That was the sign of the Messiah. See? And so was it with Nathaniel. He said, now, I know Messiah, uh, uh, the Messiah will do these things. And then on the road around, as they come around the hill, here come this orthodox, you know, walking up, you know, just this big, walking up before Jesus. Jesus turned and looked at him and said, behold, an Israelite. And whom there's no God. He said, Rabbi, when did you know me? He said, before Philip called you, when he was over there under the tree, that I saw you. He said, you're the son of God. (laughs) Thou art the king of Israel. He believed it. He knew the Messiah's sign was following him. And it had to be the Messiah. Nothing else but the Messiah could do it. And today... Nothing else but the Messiah can do that. The Messiah is the Messiah sign from eternity to eternity. He can't fail. He's got to be the same. It has to be. How different. Now look. Look at Jesus to identify himself as this stone that would never let the promise slip. This stone that would anchor forever and forever God's coveted and promised people. He said, Does thou believe? Because I told you these things, thou shalt see greater things than this. You'll see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending up on the Son of God, up and down Jacob's ladder, because he is God's anchor. Amen. And as long as I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm anchored in God. Amen. The angels ascending and descending. Going up first and then coming down. See, they're taking the message. Going up and bringing it back. Ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why? He was that anchoring place for Jacob's ladder. For the promised seed would be. He was God's eternal promised seed. He was that sure stone. That perfect foundation. That God's truth had anchored in. And all devils and hell and everything else could never move it. God had anchored it forever. You'll see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. There's that promised seed on this staunch Israelite. He was willing to know this was the Son of God. Yes, sir. When he come, he come to a virgin. God made his promise sure. He stuck with his word. Every word of it had to be so. He made it perfect because he was God and couldn't do nothing else. He had to stay with it. Notice then the next thing he had to do, the church had to be anointed and sent out. Before he could keep his promise, he had to make a way for this church to be anointed. And the church, after walking with Jesus and knowing Jesus and had received power to heal the sick and do everything, and all these ups and downs and things it had, and yet walk with Jesus, 
He knew that he had to make a way to send his church out in order. He sent them up to Jerusalem, and they went into the upper room and stayed there for ten days and nights until suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. God made a way to anoint his church and to spread her across the ages, across the nations, rather. And today, that same mighty, glorious church is marching on to Zion as she's moving up and down, anointed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders and revival powers on every hill, everywhere. It's not only in Chicago, it's not only in the United States, but it's to the heathen lands. And everywhere the revival powers are burning and great signs and wonders are taking place. The day is at hand and God has made a way of escape. He said, it's Joel, in that day I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions right. upon my handsmaids and maids, sir, I'll pour out of my spirit. I'll show signs in the heaven above, flying saucers and everything, all kinds of mystic signs in the heavens above, signs on the earth below. There'll be sea aurora, tidal waves breaking along Chicago and all down along the places. Great sea aurora, man's heart fail and perplex the time distress between the nations. Oh my! And in that day, the great anointed church was to rise to her power. Jesus Christ was to come in. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against it. And the day when science is doing all their different things, then God's sending down supernatural signs to show to his church, take your mind off the things of the world and look up. You're in the ladder now. You're anchored both in glory and heaven. A ladder has two ends to it. Amen. Yeah. One's anchored in God, the other's anchored yeah. in Christ, and we're caught between it yeah. with a great host of angels bringing forth ministering spirits, supernatural gifts and things, vindicating we're on our road, marching up. Well, sure, then people can't believe it. Look where they're at. <laughs> they're down there in the soft sinking sands like Holland's marshy mud puddles over there. I always felt sorry for the Hollanders down there. They had to pour out pilings and great big timbers and drive down everything to build their houses on them because it's so muddy and marshy and soft and then the old house looks titter-tottery this way nearly all the Holland houses does because it's built upon muddy ground it's upon sinking sand I stand in Mexico City where the other day where great buildings great skyscrapers leading way back several feet she's sinking several inches a year she's a sinking but, oh, brother, this foundation of this great Holy Ghost road that we're traveling tonight, Jacob's ladder is hooked onto the throne of God in the heart of Jesus Christ. Hey. And we're in between it. Hey. Hallelujah. Yes. Signs and wonders. Yes. God's making a way for those who believe. Showing us signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Hey. Have faith in God. Don't disbelieve it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I don't know why you did this, but seemingly the Holy Spirit stopped me immediately and asked that I stop speaking for something else. I don't know what you want me to do, Lord. Here I stand. But one thing, I'm so thankful, Lord. I, I know you. I'm so glad that I can feel and tell when your spirits are moving and know that you're fixing to do something right now. I'm so glad of that. And I pray, God, that you'll forgive me my sins and trespasses. Forgive this audience of their sins and trespasses. 
But, oh, God, we open up our hearts as we realize we're God's promised children. Not nothing that we've done by grace alone are we saved. Oh, God, how could we ever receive the Holy Ghost? How could you ever pour it in this oil except you had ordained it to be so we were alienated from God without hope, without promise, without anything we're in the world? We were without God, without Christ, dying, going to a sinner's hell. Oh, we just thank you that your amazing grace selected us and picked us up and give us these great things and set us up on this ladder and open up our eyes, Lord, that we know that we're sitting tonight in the host of a great company of angels. Oh, God, that we're marching on up towards God. It can't slip. We can't fall. Oh, God, the world thinks we're crazy. We're walking in space, but we're help lifted up like the eagle, Lord. We've been caught away in a rapture of faith and glory. And the angels of God are with us to minister spiritual blessings to us and to help us along the road and encourage us as we see the hill of Zion yonder in sight. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you'll bless this audience tonight. Bless this word tonight and save every sinner and forgive every backslider and let the angels of God go down to that poor lost backslider tonight. Pick him up, it's on the road. Go out down in the sinking sands of sin and bring that poor fellow there that you've been speaking to so much for so long a time. Bring him over and clean him up with the blood of the Lord Jesus and set him up on the ladder. Let angels will minister to him and take him back and forth up and down the ladder, Lord, as we're moving on towards glory. Grant it, Father. Heal all the sick and afflicted tonight. Get glory out of the service. We ask in Jesus' name and with our heads bowed, I wonder at this time if there's a sinner man or woman in here say, Brother Branham, you know somehow or another tonight, I just want to be on that highway. I want to know that my anchor, I belong to church, oh yes, but I realize my church is built on sinking sand. It's got to crumble like every other building. It's got to go down. But I want to be built with something anchored in my heart with a blessing of God that kisses away all my sins and calls me His child. And I want to have this assurance that I'm living close to Him because I don't know when I might be called. And by raising up my hands now to Him, I accept Him now as my Savior. With your heads bowed, the pianist will give us a little card. Well then, will you raise your hand to God and say, Now I accept Jesus Christ. My earthly anchor here that's given me the assurance of going to God. God bless you, lady. God bless you, lady. God bless you, son. God bless you. Anybody up in the balcony? I now with my hand up to Almighty God, I now pledge my guilty soul to Him and say, it's all I can do, Lord. I pull the string. I take everything away. I come with nothing. No. I turn everything loose to you, Lord. I want you to take me into your warm, soothing, cooling salvation and help my parched, weary soul tonight that I can see Jesus, the honor, the one who died at Calvary and anchored my soul to God. I want him to do it now as I lift up my hands to him. God bless you, lady. God bless you. Another one. God bless you, sir. There in the chair. God bless you. God bless you back there in the back. Yes, God bless you. Someone else. God bless you, lady. God bless you, lady. That's good. That's right. Come and just believe it. God. You remember, he, what is it? Say, Brother Branham, why do you say God bless you? What am I talking about? All the Christians are praying. 
What am I talking about? You've made your decision. Something knocked at your heart. What was it? Holy Ghost knocked at your heart. You know you're weary and lost. You raised up your hand. I settle it now. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. I say, God bless you. Sure, I'm saying amen to it. God, take that person. They've raised their hand. You say, Brother Bram, would that have anything to do with it? I don't know. You remember David was the one who cried out the crucifixion of Jesus. The prophets, when they spoke under the anointing, it was just that way. It had to be. They were speaking God's word. What if I spoke God's word to each one of them sinners that raised their hand? What if I spoke it? I felt I did. What if I spoke it? They're anchored. That's right. God's word speaks. What speaks these visions? What tells these things that's going on? What does it? God. He promised these things in the last days. Is there a backslider? Say, I've wandered far, Brother Branham. But this night, I'm raising my hand saying, God, I settle it right now. Take me. A backslider, would you raise your hand? Any word of God saying, God, I now come, I believe. I'm accepting you right now. Any word of building a backslider? Up and down the ladder, you fell off. You fell, you have it off the ladder. God's still with you. You once anchored in Christ. You may lose your experience, but brother, God's still at your heart. You can never leave it. God bless you, lady. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you back there. I see your hand. Someone over on my right. God bless you. Someone raise your hand and say, I've been a backslider, Brother Brandon, but tonight, by God's grace. Say, what difference does it make if I raise my hand or not? Oh, brother, Jesus said, he that will witness to me before man, I'll witness of him before God. It's a decision. It's something you've got to make. You've got to make decisions. You had to make a decision who you're going to make your wife. You had to make your decision where you're going to buy the car or not. Where you're going to buy the house or not. God bless you, sir. You have to make a decision. You've got to make a decision sometime. God bless you, lady. God will bless you. Sure he will. I believe it. What's the greatest word that one man can say to another? God bless you. That's it. If God will bless me, that's the best thing I can have. That's all I want, God to bless me, the rest of it's all right. God be with you. Oh, how wonderful. Several has come. Anyone else just would make your decision just now, saying, Jesus, the Son of God, I want this experience. I want to be born again. I want to receive you. I want this assurance. Or I've been backward, Lord. I can't get nowhere. I'm way down on the bottom step of the ladder. I've never climbed up high enough to do anything. I've wandered about. I've been tossed about with every wind of doctrine, yet you know I love you. And I want to go a little higher. I'm a backslider. Remember when Israel went out in Egypt, they never lost their covenant. They just lost their, their blessings. Not their covenant. God's covenant stayed the same. Yes, sir. God already made it with Abraham. No matter where they go, it's still made. That's right. It's still there. And Abraham's seed. You might have been called, selected of God to be Abraham's seed. Or if you have now, believe. 
Now, our Heavenly Father, many hands in yours went up tonight. God, wayward children, straying away from God, never been able to rise above just a little church joining somewhere. Yet they love you. They, they've come. In the great army, they'll always be a private. They keep the way they are now, but they're in the army. But, oh, God, what's a reward? We want to be majors and generals. As Paul said, when you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Father, we pray that you'll bless each one of them. Bring them up the ladder just a little higher tonight, God. Give them some sort of a new experience tonight that they'll know it. It should bless them. And these poor wayward sinners who's built their house out there on sinking sand, and they look at it and it looks crazy to them. Why do I do this? Why do I do this? Why do I drink? Why do I smoke? Why do I gamble? Why do I go to church? The whole house looks crazy. Sure. Certainly it's built upon old muddy ground. Old sinking moss. Gonna be all washed away one of these days. God let them come to this precious stone, the sure foundation that God laid in not man. Climb up on the ladder tonight. Feel the freedom of a good free breath. Granted, Lord, after coming out of the mucky, dirty, filthy alleys with the rats and things and the garbage of the alley. Set them up on Mount Zion. Hallelujah. Let them feel what it means to be blood washed. All sins under the blood. Catching the free air of the Holy Ghost as it pans them. As the loving arms of Jesus goes around their neck and says, My wandering child, I'm proud of you tonight. You've come home. Grant it, Lord. May everyone be saved. And then, Father, while doing that, there's many of your sick children sitting here waiting. I've tried tonight to show them your word, that when you speak anything, it has to be. It's got to be. It's you yourself. You said, I'm the Lord that healed thee. And I pray that you'll heal every one of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you as you raise your head. Now, how many feels better all scoured out? Just put your hand. Oh, my. Feel better. The Word comes down and purges my sins away. It purges all my indifference away. It makes me new. Oh, how many times do I love to go back when I go home and go back around the old creek bend, way back up to a cross over the certain logs and so forth and up the little canyons, go back up into the side of the hill there and raise up my hands before him. Oh, how to bathe in his beauty. How to adore him, not asking for nothing, just admire him. Like the, how I like to go about trying to help somebody to do something. Not long ago down in the south, they were, I don't know whether they ever told you this little thing that I read one time or not. They used to buy slaves, the, the African people, when the Boers settled in the far south, 
down in the southern tip of Africa, they begin to bring the colored up here and sell them for slaves and make slaves out of them. Poor people away from their home. They were weary. They know they never was going to get to go back home no more and see mother and dad. And they, the, the owners would whip them with whips, and they were mistreated terribly. And how they would, they would go around crying, and they were so sad away from home. And they'd have, they would have brokers that go by and buy different ones. They'd go to this slave owner, maybe he had 300 slaves. They'd buy 100 slaves off of him, take him over here, and maybe they'd buy them for $50 a piece and sell them for $75 a piece. It's like new automobiles or something like that, buying those human beings. And one day, a broker come by, and they found a young slave there. My, how he was always up and at it. Didn't have to whip him. Brother, I mean, he was writing out the job. He'd done everything just right. And the broker said, let me buy that one. He said, no, no, he's not for sale. We don't sell him. said, why is it he's so much different from the rest of them? said, uh, maybe he's the boss over them all. He said, no, he's not a boss, but he's just a slave. He said, well, well, do you feed him any different? He said, no, they all eat out there in the galley together. He said, I don't feed him any different. He's no boss. Well, I said, why is it he's got his head up, his chest out? He said, you don't want to just say something to him. He's ready to do it. How's his conduct so much greater than the rest of them? He said, I'll tell you why. He said, I didn't know for a long time myself. But he said, you know, I found out that his father is the king of the tribe. And though he's an alien and away from home, he keeps the morale the rest of them up, knowing that his father is a king and he's the son of a king. Men and women, let's conduct ourselves, though we be slaves on this earth, to the things of this world. But let us know that our father is the king. Let's take his word. That's right. We may be aliens, but let's conduct ourselves like sons and daughters of the King. Be up and going. When God speaks a word, let's snap to it. That's it. He said, I'm the Lord and healeth thee. Amen. That's right. I'm a son of the King. I believe it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. I believe it. Amen. God said, I'll sign, send signs among you, prophets among you in the last day. I'll show signs and wonders in the last day. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Upon my hands, maids and maids, sir, I pour out of my spirit in that day. I believe it. I'll pour out my spirit upon your young men. They shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I believe it. Amen. Jesus said, a little while in the world seeth me no more. Yet ye will see me, for I'll be with ye even in you to the end of the world. I believe it. God made a way of it. He purged our hearts, brought the Holy Ghost in. The Holy Ghost is here now. The Spirit of God is here now. Oh, what anointing! Oh, I, I hope you can you could see what I'm seeing. Know what I'm feeling in my heart right now. Listen, this wonderful one, this sure foundation, this true stone, this one of the uh, stone of, of God, the jewel of God, the anchor of our soul is right here with us now. 
We don't, you don't see him with your eyes. Sure, he's in another dimension. I can prove that to you. There's television coming through your pictures. Do you see them? But they're here. There's voices coming through here from Radio Land. Do you see it? No, but it's here anyhow. Do you hear it? No, it's here anyhow. It's in another dimension. So is Christ here now. He said, the things that I do shall you do also. Oh, I wish this audience, this entire audience could be settled to that one thing right now. How lovely you are. How I appreciate your love. When I hear Joseph say these things, I crunch down in my seat of a night early when I hear him say that. I see your love. I'm not worthy of it. But friends, I'm telling you, with your love to believe what I've told you to be the truth, if I could only get you over one little thread, you'd see one of the most glorious things happen. There would be another day of Pentecost right here. Amen. You'd only see, oh, if I could live like this, if I could stay like this, if this what's on me now, what's present now, is just breaking from one dimension to another, he's here. I can prove it that he's here. Amen. And his words is true. You can't fail. You believe it? There's not a prayer card out. Not a prayer card out to have a prayer line. But Jesus Christ is here. Amen. We can't line people up. If Jesus will prove to you right now that he's alive right here in this building, will you accept him, all you sick people? If he'll do the same thing, the sign of the Messiah, that he did to Philip and them as he come around the mountain and when he looked at Philip and told her, Nathaniel, and told him where he is at for him, what happened to him, told the woman at the well what was her trouble, and she said, that's the sign of the Messiah. If he'll do the same thing, will each one of you all be careful? Will you raise your hands and say, I will accept it and every promise that he made right now if he'll do it? Will you raise your hands? God bless you. I believe you meant that. Dad, you're in a wheelchair. I know you're crippled. Here's a woman sitting here crippled. There's others here that's crippled. I have no way. I have no way. I don't know you. I don't know nothing about you. But let the Lord Jesus show me a vision right here now. If he will, then you know I've told you the truth in the Bible that I preach is the truth. This is the truth. God obligated to vindicate His truth. What has He done? He's poured out His Spirit in the last days. He said, I'll send these things to vindicate the truth. Then if He promised that the very same things that He did, we'd do also, He's got to make a way for that. He's got to prove it to you. Is that right? For He promised it. Now, just humble yourself. Look this way, every person in the building. Look this way, not to me. As Peter and John said, look on us. I don't mean to look to them to be something, because immediately they would rent their clothes and say, don't, don't look to us in that manner. But look this way and believe that what I've told you tonight about Jesus Christ is the truth. What our salvation, our plan, our anchor, and everything that I've talked about, it's your anchor to Christ. What's the use of wearing it? Be happy, go along. Ask God, believe you receive it, and take him at his word. That's the thing. That's true. God's obligated to answer. You look this way and believe it. It's your faith. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is, I'm not a fanatic. God knows that, and you know that. I'm not a fanatic. 
No, sir. But I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know what His truth is. You look this way and believe. Let God materialize something before me, as He will. And you believe. And then you raise your hand to God that you would accept it. I don't know. I just have to look and ask God and believe. May the Lord Jesus, the Holy Son of God, who I believe with all my heart to be the Jehovah made manifest in flesh. I believe him to be the God Emmanuel that come down from glory and formed himself in a body of flesh called the Son of God. Walked on the earth among man. He lived like a man, but he made himself a little lower than the angels in order to take death upon himself. That he might die the death of a sinner for all men. That all men who would believe would come to him and be saved. May he, who is the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley and the morning star, who is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, may he come as I chant this to him. And may he show to his servant things that should be, that the world might know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And every person in him is anchored to God. This I chant to God, the holy God of heaven, the creator of heavens and earth, in the name of his son Christ Jesus. For God's glory alone and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have faith. While life's dark maze I tread, and griefs around me spread, be thou my guide. Be it darkness turn today, wipe all my fears away. Let me from this day be holy thy. May I never doubt no more. I see standing before me a lady. It's a colored lady. She's moving to my left. Has a little boy. I see a doctor examine something about some disease of the scalp. The doctor don't even know what it is. And you've brought him for me to pray for him. It's a breaking disease in his scalp. The lady sits right here. The child sits there. It's right, isn't it? See what her faith done? Put your hand on the child now. Oh God, the doctors may not know, but you know. That woman's faith has made a contact with the Holy Ghost. And, oh, Holy Ghost of God, my spirit cries to you, heal the child. And may this evil leave it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
Don't doubt. Believe. Now do you believe? Now each one of you, the same thing. The same God has showed mercy. Well, I never seen that woman, know nothing about her, never I don't ever see her. She don't know me and I don't know her. But she was praying. I challenge anyone to do the same thing. I see a kind of an attractive looking woman standing before me. She's coming right straight towards me. The lady sitting here. You have an infection. Your bladder. Right. If that's right, raise up your hand, young ladies in here. Stand up. Turn around to the audience. God bless you. Is that true, every word of it, lady? See what I mean? What is it? When Nathaniel come walking up to him. said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. God made a way. He's made a way. He's made a way for you. Now the way for healing is already prepared at Calvary. Your healing was already purchased there. But what has He made? Bless His name. He's made a way for the Holy Ghost for you to contact it and vindicate it that it's the truth. Do you believe? I lay your hands on each other. It's all over. It's finished. If we had 50 in the prayer line, it'd go just the same. Now it's your faith. Do you believe? I don't care what's wrong with you. I couldn't heal you. God can show the vision. You see that? That's no mental telepathy. How do I ever know them people? Never seen him. I see another one coming. But bow your head just a minute. Heavenly Father, I see what you wanted me to do. I was leaving the building on the altar call, but you had someone here. No doubt you're fishing for someone. Oh, God. Grant it tonight. Now with their hands over each other, laying on each other, you said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They raised their hands a while ago. If you had proved that you was in their midst, that they would believe. Now, Father, I have told them that you've already healed them. Every one of them healed. When you died at Calvary, you purchased their healing right there. It's all over. Lord, let them act like it now. Let them go out of here conducting themselves like real Christians and believe you. And I condemn every sickness in this building, every affliction. In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn the devil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.